Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. And this show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making people healthier in this world. And I'm really enthused and excited today to have Michelle James on the show. So Michelle is the Chief Nursing Officer of Providence in Southwest Washington. She's going to share her story, her passions in health. But most importantly, I'm really excited to have her on. I'm not going to steal her thunder. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Anthony. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Well, excited to have you here and to, 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 for you to peel off time to do this. Uh, Michelle, I guess in, in true story fashion, beginning, middle, and we're, we're in the middle of, of you know, your work right now, but take us back, teleport us back to um, your origin story and, and maybe the series of events that you've gone through in your life that have led you to become the person you are. Great, happy, happy to do that, Anthony. So I guess I, my, my origin story starts actually back in the second grade. <laughs> I um, was at a nursing home singing with a group that I belonged to at the school that I went to. And I remember meeting a woman who was in a wheelchair. She was an elderly woman. She had had a stroke, which was very obvious. She was drooling from the side of her mouth. She was paralyzed on one side. But I remember walking over to her and holding her hand and she looked me in the eye where all the other little girls were afraid of her, but she, she held my hand and looked me in the eye. And I had this incredible human connection with this person. And from that moment on, I knew that I was going, going to become a nurse. Wow. And, um, and I stayed true to that, you know, really my whole, my whole career. My mother was a nurse and she actually ran skilled facilities as an administrator. Um, and I worked for her as a CNA at age 14. She was the toughest boss that I've ever worked for, <laughs> but she, she um, ran a tight ship and really supported me and helped me to learn and grow. Um, and one of the stories that I'll share just really about how nursing and that passion for patient care, um, when I was actually in an ADN program, I went through a program um, at a community college and I was working towards an ADN in nursing, an uh, associate's degree in nursing, but I did the LPN quarter and my mother had a the facility that she was running and I remember going to work and I needed to have an RN actually supervising me. My mother took the patients, she took a patient assignment and did the CNA care so that I could actually use my LPN license and provide nursing care. And she did that for a summer for me. And it was for me just watching as a servant leader, watching her do that work mm. with them and allowing me to really hone my skills. Um, as an LPN, and then I moved on and received my RN license and went into really nursing care. Um, I started at a skilled facility in Spokane. I became the manager of the unit one week after I started as a new graduate <laughs> because the mm -hmm. sister that ran the facility said, now you're going to manage the 64 bed unit. And <laughs> I just said, okay, <laughs> whatever you say, Sister Vincenzo, I will do. <laughs> so um, in my career, I've been thrown into a lot of different opportunities and have, have typically said yes. Um, many I've succeeded at, there have been things that I failed at. Mm. Um, but I've uh, learned that 
being a leader, there are certain attributes people look at and they, mm -hmm. you know, they just kind of drive you into roles that you may not think about um, really being what you want to do. But I went from there and then I um, critical care really is my background. Um, did critical care for many years, both at the bedside and then also as a critical care manager. Um, at the bedside, I say to many of my nurses, I think I was a much better nurse than I am a leader. I really mm. loved patient care and the families and the peers that I worked with. Mm. Um, so fast forward, spent many years doing that, working in the emergency department as well, and then decided, because I was always being put into the role as whether it was a manager or a supervisor or an assistant nurse manager, I went back to school and got a business degree because I really felt like um, healthcare really is that caring profession and it's the heart, but the head part of it really is there's some business and some strategy that I needed. So went back and got a bachelor's degree in um, business and then finished a master's degree in business as well. Really saying, if I'm going to do this work, I want to do it well and I want to be well-rounded in the work that I'm doing. Right. So. Right. And uh, go ahead. No, 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 no. Keep going. No, I, I love it. <laughs> so again, I think I've, um, I see healthcare and nursing. This is my 30, I'm going into my 36th year as a nurse. Um, and I really believe that it's lifelong learning. Um, I did go back and get another degree in, you know, I did get my bachelor's in nursing as well. And then I did get a master's in uh, management or organizational development. And I'm on my journey to start a DNP program, a doctorate in nursing practice. Mm. <laughs> and mm. part, of, part of that is, is that I think in healthcare, as things are rapidly changing, as things are evolving, that we have to continue to get that education and continue to learn and grow. And I found that I think I was a much better student as an older adult and living in the real world because mm -hmm. it, it, it means a lot and it's a very different perspective than going to school as an 18 year old. Right. So I really encourage my nurses in the role that I'm in now, you know, we really want people to have a bachelor's degree as kind of a men's spec coming into nursing um, now. And so really encouraging people to support them to go back to school and know that you can never stop learning. Um, because once you stop learning, we become very stagnant and we can't keep up with the changes that are help happening in healthcare. Right. Right. Well, this is great. Yeah. No, I really appreciate your, your background and where it all started. And actually you took me back a little bit. So I remember when I was uh, in the choir, I was going to a private school. <laughs> I totally forgot about this until you just <laughs> rekindled that memory. But yeah, we would go to nursing homes. My dad worked at a nursing home and I had those experiences as well. Uh, and, and they were pretty profound. Um, but I, 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 I find it very interesting. Yeah, you've been on both spectrums from the, the direct nursing, managing uh, nursing units and the nursing function, and then going back to school and just staying, you know, on top of that learning. And then, um, you know, it's very fascinating. I guess, Michelle, you see so much in healthcare today. I mean, just to segue into kind of uh, the present where you're, you're seeing so much, uh, what, what has you most fascinated in healthcare today? What what is captivating you most about what's happening in healthcare? I just love to hear maybe about one or two things that really is captivating you today. Yeah, I think really from a population health perspective, and I know there are different definitions for population health, but 
I think in the past, we've done a lot of work really around illness and really Mm -hmm. on illness. And I see that that is really starting to shift to wellness and, you know, and how do we meet people where they are and really understand what people want um, and not being as paternalistic as we have been in the past. So I really see that as an incredible opportunity really to not only care for one patient at a time, but care for communities of people at a time when you, when you meet them where they are. So I'm really excited about that. I tell the story. I also have had the privilege of doing some mission work in Nicaragua and Africa, as well as um, I lead trips for Providence Global Health to Guatemala. We take surgical teams and wheelchair teams. And every time I go, I think that with the limited resources they have, and we're going in to support them, and and we work side by side with the in-country staff, but I always leave there thinking, there are things that we can learn from developing countries. Mm -hmm. There are things really around how they work with a population. And for example, when I was in Nicaragua, I did some leadership training for an organization and then went out into the villages and into some of their clinics. And these clinics may be little tin boxes or you know, half-built cinder block um, areas, but they had healthcare promoters with a third grade education in their communities actually working to monitor and maintain their community and working off protocols that were developed actually at the University of Washington. And so I look at some of that and I think, how do we translate some of those learnings? Um, And then I think about neighborhoods and I think about my little neighbor, Dolly, before she passed away. She was my neighbor. Every time she had chest pain, we had an agreement that she would call me Mm. and I would go down and I would do a set of vital signs on her and I would help her take her nitroglycerin and we would do an assessment before we sent her to the hospital. She had chronic heart failure and it was, you know, really that caring for the neighbor and being that person that could intersect again where somebody is versus sending them into the emergency department. Um, I think we have opportunities to really look at, at how we do some of that care. And I think population health really lends um, a great venue for doing that. Mm. Mm. No, I, I, I love it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm right there with you. And it's, it's, it's exciting to see your focus in this area and and you know your leadership that you're bringing to this space and you know and your passion for staying current on what's what's out there and bringing the two two spectrums of you know the direct nursing experience that you have and then the management experience and i guess along those lines i'd love to hear a little bit about how do you what's the difference that makes a difference of a a nurse applying direct care to patients um, staying current on, on what's the best modern ways for direct nursing care, and what's what's the difference that makes a difference when you elevate yourself to 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 help other nurses and run a nursing unit or nursing function from a management perspective. I'd love to hear about what you've learned and kind of you know if you're training the next set of chief nursing officers on the way up, uh, and they're aspiring to be chief nursing officers. What's what's some some valuable words of wisdom that you would you would leave to them or, or guide them with? Yeah, I, I think I would say that it's important to know 
that when you shift from doing that direct patient care, which mm -hmm. earlier I said, you know, was something that I really felt so connected to and really was a part of my heart and as the core of me as a nurse, really, and then going into a leadership role and an administrative role, we never want to forget the people that are at the sharp end doing that hard work because nursing, and I think healthcare in general, is cognitively, physically, emotionally, and spiritually challenging. Mm -hmm. But it is probably one of the most sacred jobs that a person can do. We are allowed right. people's lives and allowed to help put together plans to make their lives better, whether it's improving health or at end of life, we really have, we can influence that. So stepping away from the bedside and making sure that the role that I have is, is really around continuing to understand the work that people are doing, understand where the challenges are, where systemically we need to make changes to really ease people's way, mm -hmm. and to know that this work as an administrator really is as important to represent the nurses that are at the bedside doing that hard work. So. Um, there is definitely a shift in thinking, but it really is ultimately about the patient, our communities, and our caregivers. And how do we stay focused on that? Mm. We don't mm. want to lose sight of that. Awesome. No, I, I appreciate that. I, it, it serves as a really good framework to think of. And I, you know, think of it in those terms. And I, I, I agree, you know, nursing is one of this these roles that it's, it's, it's like your ultimate you know, service to others scenario where you can really help and, and be a servant to others. And, and um, it is such so sacred, you know, there's very few people on this planet that um, either themselves or their closest loved ones are interacting with a nurse, you know, uh, whether it's weekly or monthly, but, you know, nurses are, are such tremendous guys and, and to be able to scale this function and, and provide leadership so other nurses can can do things the right way you know and be guided and lead lead it's it's super profound uh the the work that you do um and i guess along those lines i'd love to you know hear a little bit about you know the future of health and how you think of health in the future or maybe i guess said another way michelle uh, maybe tell me a little bit about the, the future of health, according to Michelle. Um, so you, you, you're mentioning a lot about some really interesting uh, things that are taking shape today, some things that have changed. But yeah, tell us a little bit about the future and the future you see see happening. Yeah, I think one of the biggest, you know, if it were healthcare, according to Michelle, I think one <laughs> of the things that I would really love to see, and I see it's happening more and more, but really from a community perspective, Right now, there's a lot of competition for dollars. There's a lot of competition for grants. There's a lot of siloed work that happens, really great work, it, whether it's social services or health care or acute care versus primary care, but really being able to understand and coming together to understand the work that's going to surround that patient or those communities of people that need support and then how do we make sure that we're not duplicating services, that we're actually able to um, streamline, meet people where they are, and really support them in a way that allows them to be then um, responsible for their health. We're giving them the tools that they need and the support that they need. Um, so 
I see right right now that there are times when we have a lot of duplication and we're working at cross purposes. Mm-hmm. And if we if we could all come together in a way in partnership and collaboration, really from a community perspective, I think there's real opportunity to change the cost of healthcare and really the outcomes of that connection with healthcare. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. and really wellness. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's really interesting. I agree. Yeah. That shift, it, it's almost needed. It's almost feels like this massive societal shift. That's um, it's on the tip of everyone's tongues, but you know, you're seeing so many systems, including of course your system that is, um, you know, starting to, you know, usher in programs and that mindset and that shift. Um, I think it's so, so key and important in, in the, in the population today. And um yeah, no. So a couple of things I wanted to say, you know, it's really great to hear what you're working on, your passions uh, and what has you uh, very um, optimistic about the future as well. And most importantly, Michelle, appreciate you carving out time here to tell us your origin story, where it all started and your motivations and what, what started and kindled that passion. Right. Um, I guess my my very last question for you, actually, I have two last questions for you is you see so much in health uh, today um, to stay resilient. And, you know, you see so much as a nurse can, you know, I can imagine the oscillation mentally that could potentially be there from dealing with this one sick patient and then going to another or, or you're you're working with patients and maybe one passes away. And um, to stay resilient and healthy and well yourself is, is really critical and important. What's one or two things you one or two things you do on a weekly or monthly or daily basis that you do to keep your engine running and for you to stay, you know, in optimal well-being so you can care for others? Yeah, I think that's a great question, and I think um, probably a question we need to challenge everybody with, with, especially in healthcare, because to your point, resilience is really important. But in my um, in my practice, I, I have um, some meditation and prayer practice that I do every every night. Um, mm. It's something that is then um, it grounds me, and mm. it's it's really important that that's what I do. And you know, as I walk into every building that I go into in healthcare, I say a prayer as I'm walking in. And mm. it may be for the people that I'm walking in, it may be, "Dear Lord, get me through the day." <laughs> There's a variety <laughs> of things that I may be thinking. But again, I think it's really that intentional thought about what is it that I'm going to do? How can I make an impact and try to be grounded in that? It's it's ongoing work. Um, I walk, um, you know, probably four or five times a week and really like to be outside. I don't really like gyms, but I love to be outside and in the fresh air and with Mm -hmm. nature. So really intentional with that. And then my poor husband, you know, I do, I'm all over the place doing different things and involved in a lot of things, but we're really intentional really on having a date night and connecting so mm-hmm. that I don't ever want to forget that relationship um, of family. Um, I have my work family, but then I have my family of origin that I, that, you know, can, um, can be neglected if you're not intentional. So those are some of the practices that I try to do personally. Mm. I love it. I love it. You know, the prayer, the meditation, being outdoors and, and, you know, the relationship time is so such a, you know, it's great to hear that. It's inspiring. Always. I'm always curious on what people in health do to stay resilient. And that makes a big difference. I've never heard the, 
you know, prayer, um, you're inspiring me because I've never heard the prayer as like you're transitioning or walking into different buildings or for people that I think don't walk into buildings. What I think a takeaway that I'm taking a really important nugget is as you're transitioning to different meetings with different intentions, why not say a prayer right as you go to that meeting, whether it's a virtual meeting or a conference call. So many people are going from one call to the other and they don't even take a breath. Literally, no one you yeah. just don't take a breath and you're just jumping in. At least you could take a six second breath, say a little prayer, you know, and uh, it's just a good way. So, you know, uh, you're integrating mindfulness into into the day. So it's very inspiring to hear that. I've never heard that before and that you're going to make me think about about that a lot more. And I'm sure our listeners as well. Uh, Michelle, this was very profound to have you on the show. I'd uh, love to have you back as you work on different projects and as you see different things in the market and in population health. Um, and my very last question is, uh, if our listeners want to get all, uh, you know, interact with you or with Providence online, through social media, maybe through a Facebook page or anything like that, what would be a good way to do so? Yeah, we do have a Providence Facebook page. There's a Providence Olympia Facebook page and a Providence Centralia Facebook page. And that would be a great way if people have questions or comments, um, we could definitely connect that way. Great, great. Well, Michelle, again, this was great to have you on. Super exciting to hear the things that you're working on and how you're shaping up the future where you're at and bringing all the passion, experience, and thoughtfulness into uh, the, the, you know, being a serv of service to others and being a servant, uh, you know, through this field of nursing, which is definitely such a, an important feel that that needs uh, leaders like yourself. And so I uh, just wanted to say thank you so much for being on the show. This was great. Anthony, thank you so much for letting me participate. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, no worries. And, and this was great to have you on and I uh, want to definitely have you back. And to our listeners out there, this is the Pop Health Show. The show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making other people healthier in this world. Michelle, again, thank you so much. This was great. Thank you, Anthony. Thanks. Have a great one. You too. Bye. Thank Thanks.